Welcome back. My name is Dr. Brendan McCarthy. I'm the Chief Medical Officer of Protea Medical Center in Chandler, Arizona. Thank you for tuning into my podcast. As always, please refer to the description section of this video to see the research that I used for today's uh, presentation, today's podcast episode. Um, it's all in there. I believe an educated patient's the best patient. So uh, what I want to talk about today is one of the more important things that I do in practice, and that's optimizing mild endocrine failure. <laughs> that sounds so serious. Mild endocrine failure, what is that, Brendan? Mild endocrine failure is when your endocrine system starts to decline. You'll have, you have, let's just say like maybe the thyroid, start with the thyroid. So, you know, with age, we know the thyroid starts to decline. And the thyroid, specifically T3, the active hormone, is responsible for that basal metabolic rate. You know, it increases overall metabolism throughout your body. You can see it with your hair. You can see it with your nails. You can see it with the way you think, your body weight. These, all these things are associated with thyroid. But with age, it starts to decline. That's that drop off in metabolism we see. So that mild endocrine decline that we see, you'll have a person who comes in who's like, say, 18, 19, and their thyroid is the optimal, the high end of the range is beautiful. And they come back in at like 38, 40, and it's the lower end of the range. There's a definite change in their health. The thing is, though, it's still in the range. And a lot of times that's looked at and said, oh, you know, you're normal. Sure, it's at the very bottom of the range, but you're normal. The question is, do we treat that or not? And was there, is there benefit to treating it? And are there risks to treating it? And is it cheating in life <laughs> to, to, to treat it? So that's what I want to kind of get into today with this optimization of mild endocrine failure. So that's what mild endocrine failure is. And so pulling back a little bit, endocrinology is the study of the body's interactions with hormones in the cases of outright pathology. Okay, so endocrinology is more associated with when things go completely off the rails. You know, then the hormones are completely either completely gone or completely excessive, but not the variations within normal that are associated with wellness. And that's unfortunate because, you know, even though it's in the normal range, there are mountains, literally mountains of studies showing that by optimizing these hormones, you improve the quality of life on many different fronts. So, by optimizing it, we can make a positive change in all these people's lives. We're going to live a certain amount of time. You know, we all live in this world. This is this thing. The thing is the decline of health that starts occurring in our 40s, 50s, 60s, and onward are more often than not associated with these declines in our endocrine system. Then what, it, what would happen if we normalized it? Would that really improve the quality of life all the way out, the health span? Would the health span be as long as the lifespan? That would be our goal with that. Other things that may cause decline in your hormones are going to be things like autoimmunity, uh, poor lifestyle, um, trauma. You know, people can get physically, you know, you, you know um, in sports, athletes, you know, a lot of times can have damage to the pituitary from concussions. That'll change their endocrine profile. Or you can have, you know, uh, testicular damage as well. That happens to men. And that'll affect that as well. The thing is, is, if a person presents to clinic with a symptom that's associated with their hormone being at the lower end of normal, their symptoms and their quality of life is being affected by the lower end of the normal, why not treat it? Why not? You know, if it's having that, we should. 
The problem is a lot of those symptoms fall into the category of quality of life. And a lot of times you go to your doctor and they'll just tell you to suck it up. You're fine. This is just part of getting older. And they actually will say that to you. This is a, a part of getting older. You're just getting older. You know, whenever a doctor says that, you just want to punch them in the mouth. Don't punch them in the mouth. But you just, I know the urge to do that. Just getting older, what are you talking about? I'm just warming up. This is just me clearing my throat. The other thing they'll do in those situations is just want to pop you on a pharmaceutical. Those symptoms, yeah, yeah, I have a drug for that. Why not use the hormone? You know, um, take for example, like optimizing T3 or thyroid, like I said, that's going to help people with hair growth. It's going to help with cognitive, your memory, mental clarity. Uh, it's going to help uh, reduce risk factors for uh, mortality associated with a cardiovascular event. That's true. Having your T3, your free T3 above 3.2 has been published to benefit you just in case you have a cardiac event. If you're above 3.2 for that T3, you're safer, you're better. That's in my citations. Why not? Why wouldn't they want to do that? Well, a lot of those symptoms, your doctor's like, you know, this is part of aging, mental clarity, getting dull, you know, gaining weight with low thyroid. That's part of aging. You know, your hair thinning, that's part of getting older. That's, you're supposed to have that. So a lot of times, again, they'll tell you just suck it up or here's here's a prescription for that. Um, other ones is going to be like optimizing progesterone, which is the cornerstone of my practice. And that population is so unloved and neglected in medicine. And I see it in your, your comments. You know, you know, they'll come to clinic and they have their mood is an issue. They have, you know, their breast density, they have breast pain. Um, they're gonna have anxiety, mood swings. You have depression, sugar cravings, insomnia. You have cases of headaches. Um, you have uh, PMS, PMDD symptoms overall, endometriosis. All of these things will present to your clinic. And, and, these women will go to their doctor and their doctor will say, you know, either they'll give them a synthetic estrogen, excuse me, they'll give them a natural non-human estrogen, which we talked about in the, another podcast about bioidentical, but they'll give them a horse uh, urine-based estrogen and a synthetic progesterone. They won't give them the normal hormone that they're supposed to have. They're not going to treat their actual progesterone. You know what I mean? They'll just, I'll just give you birth control. If you don't want birth control, maybe I'll give you an SSRI. But will they give them the progesterone? Will they run the test to see if your progesterone is low? And if it is, will they treat it to get it back to normal? No. They'll just tell you this is part of getting older. Here's either a, a, a SSRI, an anti-anxiety medication, or birth control. Again, being dismissed. You know, it's not being well treated or managed. Um, what about testosterone? You know, people will come in, and we know overwhelmingly that men below 900 for their total testosterone have a higher incidence of erectile dysfunction. Uh, they have a higher incidence of type 2 diabetes. Um, they have a higher incidence of depression and fatigue, um, loss of muscle mass, and increase in visceral fat. Everything I just said, when you go to your doctor with those complaints, they maybe give you Viagra for the ED, and, and the rest of it, they just tell you to stop eating terrible and take better care of yourself. They make you basically blame you. This is on you. But but why not test the testosterone? Why not treat and optimize the testosterone? Even though they're at the lowest end of the normal range, we know by bringing them up, it's going to benefit that. Again, mountains of research. Why not? Why not do that? And then finally, one of my favorite ones is estradiol for bone density. You have a woman presenting to a clinic and she has to osteopenia or osteoporosis and they want to put them on a synthetic. You know, I don't even know what they're using these days. 
uh, you know, the side effect profile of those guys is not my favorite. We know, though, if your estradiol was brought to 82, 82 is the magic number, that it will build bone and reverse osteopenia osteoporosis. That's in the literature. That's in medical textbooks. That's real. Why not? It seems to be avoided. With those people suffering from all these symptoms, and we know that optimizing their hormones within the normal range would benefit them, why aren't we treating it? What's holding us back? What are the fears? A lot of it goes back to just confusion on the part of the practitioner or lack of time or lack of training. The myths around it, though, are important to address. I'm going to get on that one specifically. The fears we have is that thyroid is bad for the heart. There's the idea that if you take thyroid medications, you're increasing your risk for having a heart attack. That's not true. Where did that come from? It came from back in the past when people who would take really high doses of thyroid thinking they're going to lose weight had higher incidence of cardiovascular events. That's from abusing thyroid thinking you're going to lose weight. Or people who have an autoimmune thyroid issue where they become hyperthyroid, that has a higher risk for heart pathology. Absolutely. But normal physiological dosing of thyroid does not cause an increased risk for heart attacks. It does the exact opposite. So that myth that thyroid is going to cause heart problems, not true opposite again look in the literature below in the the description section i have those studies there we also think that uh um by taking testosterone it may cause prostate cancer and one of you who commented in, in one of the other uh uh reels wanted me to bring up prostate cancer risks i will do a specific podcast specific to prostate cancer i promise you it's it's in my schedule it's coming up it is important to discuss but let me first start by saying you know testosterone at normal levels in a man's body does not cause prostate cancer testosterone at normal levels in a man's body does not cause prostate cancer that has been proven again and again and again in the literature i would say you know um if you ever have a chance to see abraham morgan taylor speak he's a physician he's one of the most inspiring physicians i've ever seen in my career um He's the one that blew that wide open. Um, he published in the journal, uh, um, New England Journal of Medicine, um, the uh, um, uh, Journal of the American Medical Association, Journal of Urology. It's just published, it's been published everywhere showing that testosterone at normal physiological levels does not cause prostate cancer at all. So that's a myth. Um, what about testosterone causing guys to get angry? What if I gave you testosterone, buddy, and you all of a sudden just start you know, going crazy and driving around and flipping people off and road rage and, you know, yelling at your family and stuff. Is that true? No. Studies are very clear that testosterone does not cause rage in men. Specifically, it does not. It's generally the deficit of progesterone and serotonin with a man who has normal levels of testosterone that causes that. It's not testosterone. Testosterone does not cause that in men. There's a whole body uh, uh, of, of research against synthetic progesterone causing breast cancer. That's true. Synthetic progesterone does cause breast cancer, but not bioidentical natural. Bioidentical and natural progesterone causes cell death in breast cancer cell lines. Bioidentical progesterone causes cell death in breast cancer cell lines. That was my dog, Jabalani, by the way. <laughs> We're filming at home. This is my house. This is my library. It's my dog. Um, Bioidentical progesterone does not cause cancer. It prevents it. Synthetic progesterone acetate is linked to triggering it. 
Okay, that's again in the citations. All the concerns that tend to be brought up regarding optimizing hormones are all myths. And there's no research saying that they cause that. But there is research saying that by optimizing it, you improve a person's quality of life. The overall majority of research supports it being used to optimize your wellness and to reduce your risk of other pathology and improve your quality of life as you extend your life outward. So optimizing it is critical to a long, healthy life, in my opinion. The catch to it, though, and there is a catch to it. You, um, you can't just take it randomly. And, and you can't have your doctor prescribe it inappropriately. It is so incredibly important to know that just introducing these hormones in your body, these are medications that are important to your health and your wellness. But if they're too high, that's not right. You need to always be precise. So lab work needs to guide us. Your physician should be running lab work regularly. In my practice, I'm running my labs every six months with all of my patients unless there's something changes. Sometimes a patient's quality of life changes. Sometimes their stress levels go down. Sometimes they make a positive change with their diet that we've been advocating. And all of a sudden, their body responds by making more thyroid naturally. That's awesome. That's the best. So I'm running their labs and all of a sudden I see their lifestyles changed. All of a sudden I realize I can take the thyroid dose down and improve the dosing, improve it, becoming more precise with it. So running your labs every six months, but sometimes I'll run it once a month if I make a big change to dose or I see a big change in symptoms. But ultimately they're kept on a six month cycle for labs with the occasional one month out quick lab to make sure everything is fine with an adjustment or with a, with a symptom change or quality of life change. I guess the take home, I want to make sure you know that there's no need to suffer through mild endocrine failure associated with aging or in some other cases, you know, we mentioned earlier from, from uh, a trauma or from autoimmune or, or in some cases, you know, endocrine disrupting compounds, as we mentioned in a previous podcast, you don't have to suffer through that. You know, there is there is hope by using these things to, to optimize it. So long as we do it in a safe way with lab work, it really can extend and, and improve your quality of life. I hope that was helpful. As always, I look at your comments. That helps me guide me on, on, on what you like to see and what you don't like to see. Um, please like, share, and subscribe. And then uh, I will see you at the next time. Thank you. See you at the next time. I'll see you at the next time.